Matthew chapter number nine, beginning with verse number nine, says, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch tears away from the garment and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wine skins. If it is, the skins burst and the wine is spilled and the skins are destroyed. But the new wine is put into fresh wine skins and so both are preserved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our text this morning begins with the call of Matthew into discipleship. The text situates Matthew behind a tax booth. And so based on this information, we know that Matthew is a tax collector. And this would have called the Jewish reader to be surprised. You see, Jews despised tax collectors. Tax collectors were employed by the Roman government to collect taxes on their behalf. And the people they hired would not only collect the taxes owed to the government, but would also add an additional amount above that to line in their own pocket. Thus, tax collectors were typically wealthy. So, to the Jews, tax collectors were extremely corrupt people. Furthermore, the Roman government employed other Jews to collect taxes. So not only were tax collectors seen as corrupt, but they were also deemed unpatriotic. They were working for their captors. So tax collectors were despised by Jews. 
Yet here we see Jesus making a pit stop at the tax booth and calling a tax collector to follow him. And Matthew records that he rose and followed him. Now, these words are significant because you have to understand how much Matthew is giving up in order to follow Jesus. He's left his job, and this is not any kind of job, but an extremely well-paying job. And because it pays so well, it's a job that's in high demand. So if he later decides that following Jesus is just not his cup of tea, he won't be able to go back and get this high-paying job. He'll have to find a new career. Matthew here once again, beloved, shows us the high cost of following Jesus. It is a high price that has to be paid. You must be willing and ready to forsake all in order to follow Jesus. Nothing should get in the way of being a disciple of Christ. This call and response of Matthew, <coughs> excuse me, into discipleship now prepares us for the heart of this section. Verse 10 reads, and as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. At this point, the Jewish reader and listener would have gasped audibly. It was so inappropriate for a pious Jew to have table fellowship with tax collectors and sinners. And we don't know exactly what type of sinners were at this table, but it likely would have been murderers, thieves, adulterers, prostitutes, and the like. No respectable Jew would be found with this sort of company. You have to understand that to have a meal with someone was to identify with them. It defined peer groups and social status. To share a meal was to share a life. It was a declaration that a person was accepted into the group. And so this table fellowship now leads the Pharisees to ask, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners. They are in disbelief. For a Jewish rabbi of all people, eating with these types of people would have been scandalous. Jesus responds to the question himself saying, those who are well have no need of, of a physician, but those who are sick. And beloved, from this point on, Jesus would be called a friend of sinners. Yeah. Oh, beloved, you missed a good spot to say amen. I'm looking for my Pentecostals right now. Beloved, this 
is the heart of the message. I wish I had something deep and profound for you, but here's the good news this morning. Jesus is a friend of sinners. And this is such great news because that means that Jesus welcomes sinners at his table. He's comfortable communing with sinners. Those who the religious elite rejected, Jesus accepted. Those who were downcast and downtrodden, Jesus invites them to come to him. Those who were sick with this fatal disease of sin, Jesus, the great physician, oh hallelujah, has come to heal. And beloved, as I was meditating on our passage this week, I said, what else can I say to the people of God about this text? It's only a handful of verses, and there's only a couple of points. And here's what the Holy Spirit put in my heart. Jesus is a friend of sinners. To look, look at how much Jesus is a friend of sinners. Jesus, to, to save sinners, he came from heaven and dwelled among sinners. And so, whoever you are today, if you feel unworthy to come to Jesus, I've got good news. Jesus is a friend of sinners. If you came here ashamed this morning, I've got good news. Jesus is a friend of sinners. If you feel like your sins are so bad that you could never be forgiven, the good news is that Jesus is a friend of sinners. If you are weary this morning, Jesus is a friend of sinners. To the backslider, here's God's word for you, Jesus is a friend of sinners. To those who feel undesired, untouchable, and unreachable, here's God's word for you this morning, Jesus is a friend of sinners. Beloved, Jesus is such a friend of sinners that he came into the world of sinners, put on himself the flesh of sinners, was born of a sinner, thank you, Ellen, came in the form of sinners. Beloved, Jesus is such a friend of sinners that he took the sinner's place on an old rugged cross. That's all right, I'm about to preach myself happy this morning. He, he, he was so fond of sinners that he made his grave with the wicked. He was numbered with the transgressors. So loving of sinners he was that he didn't stay in the grave, but he was raised for their justification. Woo. The, if, if the hymn writer were here right now, he'd say, beloved, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. And then he tells us that no one else can heal all of our soul's diseases. No, not one. And here's the good news. The hymn writer says, Jesus knows all about our struggles. <laughs> and he will guide till the day is done. Beloved, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. And Jesus makes it clear in this text. He says, matter of fact, I'm such a friend of sinners that sinners are my mission. He says, I came to call not the righteous, but sinners. Whenever Jesus says, I came, he's letting you know why he, that, that he's on mission. 
So Jesus makes it clear that sinners are his mission. And beloved, this ought to be good news for you this morning because I'm the one who would have been at that table. Jesus was willing to, 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 to be in the midst of the scandal of grace for people just like you and me. Jesus, a friend of sinners. But secondly, our text today shows us that Jesus is the reason for celebration. Look, look, look. After being questioned by the Pharisees, now the disciples of John came to him and asked in verse 14, why do we in the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, can wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is taken away from them? Then they will fast. The Jewish wedding feast was a week-long celebration. And as long as the newly married couple was present, it was time for joy. It was time to celebrate. It was time to party. And they knew how to celebrate because they had plenty of food and wine. And Jesus makes it clear here that the bridegroom, the Messiah, the king has arrived. Now is not the time to mourn. That's for funerals. Now is the time to rejoice because the king has arrived. Beloved, we've been through it this last year. We're in the midst of a pandemic. We're still dealing with race issues. By the grace of God, we endured another presidential election. We face the uncertainty of jobs, furloughs, and a volatile economy. We have every reason to be downcast and full of despair. But the text this morning reminds us that we still have a reason to have joy. Beloved, Jesus is our joy. Through it all, King Jesus is still on the throne. Through it all, Jesus has never left us nor forsaken us. So Jesus goes on to tell these disciples of John the Baptist, he says, no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment and a worse tear is made. What is Jesus talking about? Cloth that was not pre-shrunk would shrink when washed. And this would lead to disaster if it was sewn onto an old, already shrunk piece of garment. So Jesus is saying, essentially, I didn't come to patch up your old way of religion. I'm bringing new structures of religion. And these new structures don't fit and to the old structures of man-made religion and traditions. Jesus goes on to say, neither is new wine put in the wineskins. If it is, the skins burst and the wine is put into the fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. Wineskins, you see, were made of leather. This leather was first pliable and soft. 
However, it would become hard and brittle with age. And as a result, it was able to withstand the pressure of fermentation. If new wine was then put into old wineskins, the process of fermentation would put more pressure on the skins than they could sustain. So then the old skin would then burst, and both the wine and the skins were lost. So Jesus is simply saying that the new wine of his teaching can't be put in the old wineskin of Judaism and Phariseeism. New wine demands new wineskins. The old way of practicing religion just won't work. I've got more good news for you this morning. You won't believe it. I'm done. Worship team, you can come back. What then? See, y'all can't believe it. What then? are we to do with today's word? Beloved, the call of Matthew reminds us that Jesus is calling. And so for someone today, the response is, you need to answer the call of the gospel by putting all of your trust and hope in Jesus Christ and him alone. You've heard the good news this morning that Jesus is a friend of sinners. Jesus has come to be your friend. He welcomes you. Those who are rejected and despised, Jesus says, my arms are wide open, ready to receive you this morning. How else can we respond to today's word, beloved? We ought to thank God that Jesus is a friend of sinners. If Jesus only came for the righteous, then none would be in the kingdom of God because there is none who is righteous. But he came just for sinners. And so this morning, we ought to be grateful that he came just for us. But I think another way for us to respond this morning is to join Jesus on his mission of calling sinners to repentance. Beloved, that's who we are. We who are saved are now missionaries. We are on mission for Jesus Christ. But then I think we also ought to imitate Jesus by reaching out to sinners. One of the things that I had to think about this week as I was meditating on these verses is, who am I keeping at an arm length distance? Who is it that I don't want to be bothered with? I think about it that if Jesus treated me like I treat some people, saved today. Jesus is the reason for celebration. We used to sing a song where in the church that I was at prior to this, we would say every day is a day of thanksgiving. 
Jesus sat at the table with tax collectors and sinners. They didn't have to clean themselves up, get themselves right before they could recline at the table with Jesus. Jesus received them just as they were. And so today, you can come, we can come just as we are. And Jesus will transform us. You will go from being a sinner to a saint. Let us stand and sing.